Sporting dog adventures run. That boy, run. was awesome. Everything you Good need boy. is here. here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Saki Acres Retrievers. Whether you're looking for a black, yellow, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppy, please check out our website for more information at www.sakiacres.com. You can also email Jeff at sportingdogtv at gmail.com or call 262-215-9683. And remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. It's Jeff Fuller from the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, and I need a little help. Please stop what you're doing and give us a five-star rating. Follow us on the platform you're on. Give us a thumbs up. And above all, share our podcast with your friends and family. Our podcast will grow even more, and we can get more people involved in the sport we love with dogs in the field. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Fuller, and... We are here at the end of our gun dog training program. So I thought we would go over where we're at, what you should expect, and what we learned through three months. So for the last three months, I've been talking weekly about what I work on with dogs. I know people always want a program to follow. I never thought of actually writing stuff down, and honestly, I'm still not going to. There's, there's a lot of programs out there, but I wanted to basically tell people what we were working on every week as we were taking the dogs from untrained to going home in our gun dog program. Now that the dogs are going home, we are looking at dogs that have their conditioned retriever mouth controls finished. They're working on retrieves in water and on land. They're doing simple doubles. They are under control. They're being released by name. They are coming back to whistle commands. Pretty much you're at a point where you have what people would consider a hunting dog or a meat dog, that the dog is going to go out, bird goes down, dog goes and picks it up. When you're upland hunting, you're going to be calling the dog back and forth the first few times. The dog's going to quarter and stay in range because you're going to handle them that way. Bird will go up, shoot, bird goes down, dog brings bird back to hand. And by to hand, you're either talking a front finish where you're taking it in front of you or you're bringing the dog around to the side, telling it heel, sit. It's offering you the bird and you're taking the bird from them. This is the first three months of your training. So it's really, it's building the base of your training as you are looking at working with your dog. I'm being mauled right now by Scarlett. She uh, definitely is having fun here. She's, she's biting my hand and wanting me to pet her. So anyway, you're, you're now worked with your dog. You've got them so under control. You've got their base built and we're ready for hunting season. What do I tell the clients? Well, you have to keep your standards up. I have seen dogs that were fully trained, went home and then came back the next year and would barely pick up a bird because they weren't made to or consistently dropped four to five feet from or five to 10 feet from the person because that was a standard they held. Have your standards work within the system that you've trained in and make sure that you're reinforcing your commands. You want to make sure you use an electric collar. It will help you reinforce dogs at distance, keep them under control, and have them so that they're going to be biddable and fun to hunt with. Now, the first couple of hunts, I tell my clients, do not even take a gun. If you do take a gun, that's fine, but lean up against the blind. 
keep it in the case, do whatever, because you are in a position where you need to be in tune with your dog. You're no longer a hunter when you're on the field. Now you're a handler. Handler first, hunter second. And you're going to basically need to work with your dog so you can be a team with them. You want that teammate to understand, to respect you, and to go out and try to run through a brick wall for you. So that's what we are doing with these dogs is we're taking them out now. They've been in controlled circumstances, and you are taking them out into the field. Uh, second thing that I tell people, only one gun shoots at a time. You can't recreate the chaos of hunting when you are looking at training. You just, I guess you could, but it wouldn't be very uh, affordable if you're shooting off four guns three times. But you're going to deal with dogs that are going to see things where they just haven't seen it during hunting season. So that is, or during training season. So that is something to keep in mind. Work with your dogs so that they're under control, but also try to control some of the chaos around them. It is really difficult when you get a dog out. It's dark. They're in a blind. They've never done it before. First light comes up, which is still very dark to the dog. Guns go off. Birds are falling down. You're commanding the dog to sit there until you release them. It's just a lot going on. So if you can control that, keep yourself as a handler first, then you can put them in a position to succeed. Now, I will tell people also, as you're sitting there, just watch the dog. You can tell if a dog is going to break. You can tell if a dog is nervous or having an issue. Watch the dog. Be in tune with your dog so that they are, in essence, you're, you're making sure that they aren't going to have any issues. Issues being something behavioral or even something where they get scared. I had a dog once. Her name was Sadie. Took her out. She was trained. I had actually hunted over her several times, shot birds over her, and I went to a gun club where I was hired as a guide. I took this dog out. I had her in the field with me with clients. Four guns went up. All three emptied their guns. They didn't even hit the bird. The dog ran back to the truck, hid under the trailer. I, I was young in my training career, and I looked at that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I ruined this dog. Now, ultimately, worked with it under control so that it was just one gun, built it up to the point where she did understand that it was fun and took that stress out of her. If you have a dog that shows any sensitivity to noise, just be real in tune with that. You can't take something where the dog is scared and then continue to just pummel them over and over and over with the same thing that scared them. So again, handler first. You want to make sure your dog is finishing retrieves. Again, if you let the dog drop five feet in front of you, that's where the bird is always going to be. It's hard when you're out hunting because you'll have your buddies along, your family along, people are excited, and it becomes... Don't worry about making the dog finish the retrieve. There's other birds around. Hurry up. Just get it done. That is about the worst thing you can do. You don't want to do that with your dog and put them in a position where they think that it's good enough. Have them finish the retrieve. Have them bring it back. Have them do what they're supposed to. And then from there, you're going to be in a better position. Once you're setting those standards that you have in training and you're using the same standards out in hunting, the dog will just fall in line different issues that you can have. Um, my gosh, you know, some dogs are uh, geese. There you go. There's one. 
when you're goose hunting, you want to make sure that the first time a dog sees a goose isn't during a hunt. I always tell clients, if you're going out an early goose, get a small goose, bring it back, work with the dog, make it fun, wing it around, throw it, have them pick the bird up. You don't have to have stringent standards at this point. We're just trying to get the dog to pick it up and bring it back and get it so that they understand that, yes, this big bird is still something they're supposed to work with. I still remember I was hunting in Alberta with a guide. I hadn't taken my dogs because we flew. And the guide's like, hey, you know, I could bring my dog along in the goose hunt, but my dog doesn't fetch geese. And I'm like, let me, let me work, work with your dog while we're in the field. Took the dog out. We shot a couple of geese. And at that point, made it fun for the, for the dog, threw the goose twice. The dog brought it back both times after it was a, a game. And from there, the dog retrieved geese. You wouldn't know by the episode that the dog had never retrieved geese because the dog did awesome. But it was just making stuff fun so that the dog was like, hey, I picked it up. I did good. And then being nice to the dog. Good dog. Great dog. Awesome. Great job. Making the dog happy so that you then get that elicited response, which is that they want to run for you. When you're giving your pressure, whether it's in training or in hunting, still always remember 80% positive or more, 10 to 20% negative. Your negative is your e-collar. It is your stern voice. It is where you're telling the dog, bad dog, no, whatever. But make sure you're giving that positive. This is how we create that good training atmosphere, the good running and handling atmosphere where the dog is so enthralled with the fact that you're telling them they're good that they pick that. You're conditioning their behavior. So continue to do that from your training into your hunting. Uh, when you have dogs and you're going to hunt in the water, always realize that the temperature is cold. I had a client that called and said that his puppy wouldn't go into water. This was uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was still really cold. You have to make sure that things are enjoyable. Now that goes to also when you have your dog out, if it, to me, if the season, if it's about 45 degrees for a high that day, I'll take a dog vest along, put that on the, on the dog. If you are hunting water, have a dry area, whether it's a raised blind where the water drains out or have them in the blind with you, have it so that they can stay dry so that they're not in the water all the time. You want to make sure that they're comfortable, not only for their enjoyment, but their health. Oh gosh, should have probably wrote a bunch of stuff down, but uh, eating. Uh, I will feed my dogs in the morning, probably about half of what I normally do. And I know a lot of people say don't feed dogs before a hunt. My thought is if you're doing waterfall hunting, you're up probably three hours before shooting. I feed the dog first, get out of bed, feed the dog. If you're doing upland hunting, generally speaking, that's more of a gentleman's way, at least when we filmed, where you're going to eat breakfast, you're going to get ready, you're going to go out, you're going to hunt. The dog's got, you know, three to five hours before they're going to hit the field if you feed them right away. Feed them right away. Make sure that they're getting that same amount plus their night, nightly feeding or a little more and really watch their weight. Keep weight off of your dog. You want to be able to see the last rib on the dog. You want them to be thin. You want them to be athletic. If you have dogs that are, as most people think, big, oh, big dog, it's not that they're muscular. They're obese in many instances. And what you're doing is their joints can only handle or only designed to handle what their normal weight is. So you're putting that extra pressure on their joints. That's why we're seeing knee injuries, shoulder injuries, and all the other things. 
Don't look at it as weight. If you have a 50 pound dog and they're five pounds overweight, don't look at it as five pounds. Don't humanize it. It's 10%. If a dog is 50 pounds and a six to 10 pounds overweight, they're 20% overweight. If you think of it in that terms and then humanize it, then you'll start to understand how much extra weight we have on our dogs. I don't change what I feed during hunting season. Some people will go to a higher calorie uh, food. I just give the dogs a little bit more food. But that's that's my opinion on it is why change a dog's food if they do well in something. You can just give them an extra cup or a half a cup during the day to make up for those calories. Uh, that should be about it on this. I am going to, uh, if we have any questions, please email them to me, sportingdogtv at gmail.com. And we can go over troubleshooting uh, in our next episode if we get questions. Again, I can only make these uh, episodes as good as we make them ourselves. So again, sportingdogtv at gmail.com. Send me your questions that you would like trouble sh- uh, for troubleshooting. And we can try to go over that stuff for your dogs that have been through training. Remember, get your dogs trained, put three months of training to your dog before they hit the field. We do not train dogs by just letting them go out and run around like an idiot. Their instincts will tell them to do that, but that's where you're setting yourself up for behavioral issues, gun shy issues, and many other problems that you can have with your dog. That's it for this part of the show. Uh, Next up, we are going to have our dog tip, which is going to be on that it is flea and tick season. So we got to make sure that we are getting medication. And then at the end of the show, we are going to do our hunting tip. So we're going to have all that and more coming up after this. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly sponsored by Trupanion medical insurance for the life of your pet. We all know that unexpected accidents can happen. That's why I partnered with Trepanion's Breeder Support Program to send all my puppy buyers home from Soggy Acres with an offer for Trepanion coverage. Learn more about Trepanion and sign up for their Breeder Support Program by visiting trepanioncom breeder. Be sure to tell them that Sporting Dog Adventure sent you. If you love the shooting sports like I do, you need to check out our friends at Mech Outdoors. They have fantastic products, whether you're looking at shot shell or metallic reloading, or you want to get yourself a clay thrower so you can practice up for the season. For more information, check out their website at mechoutdoors.com. It is tick season. Make sure you are getting medication on your dog. It is something that uh, I've dealt with several times. I've had dogs get Lyme's disease. I've had dogs get anaplasmosis. They are brutal diseases. I still remember one time I was in Saskatchewan in a field talking to my vet, thinking I was going to have to put my dog Rommel down because Rommel had anaplasmosis, which is a tick-borne ailment. Uh, It was something where he could not walk. We did not know what he had. We ultimately figured it out, got him on doxycycline, which is an antibiotic, and he recovered. But he got that even though we still had him on flea and tick. I've also had dogs where if you didn't have them flea and ticked and you're in a high uh, tick-borne area where they can have just a dozen of these things on them. 
you go through certain areas. Northern Wisconsin is terrible. Southern Wisconsin, not so bad, but I actually pulled a wood tick off of my leg today. So you want to make sure that you are one, checking your dogs over, but two, that you are putting a topical or giving in, giving them a pill that will treat them so that the ticks, if they do bite them, it'll repel them, they'll die, and your dog will not get infected. So it is that time of year, actually about a month and a half ago is the time of year, but we're watching or listening to the show now. So this is now the time of year. Make sure you have your dogs treated. Next up, we're going to have a hunting tip. It is going to be a good one, so stay tuned for all that and more coming up after this. Welcome to Boucher and Janesville, where customer service is our number one priority. Our customers come back to us because of the experience that we provide for them. We're here to make sure that we find you the right car, one that fits your budget, and do so in a timely manner. When we say we ride with you every mile, it means we care about you and how you are treated. Estamos con personal que habla español en los departamentos de servicio y venta. Our certified technicians are here to help you with all your service needs. Visit us today at Boucher.com. At Boucher, we ride with you every mile. Dog kennels can be beautiful. That's the basis on which we built DCT Kennels. We give you the opportunity to have a beautiful kennel that blends seamlessly with your home decor while providing a safe and comfortable respite for your dog. Visit dctkennels.com to see all of our custom selections and start building your dream custom doggy crate Denza. For the last part's our hunting tip, now is the time to go and work in your blinds. Make sure that you are not disturbing the area in front of them so they can really, really grow in. We had a lot of new growth in front of our blinds last year. We did not knock it down, only went and worked on blinds. And that growth should actually turn into rooted growth as well as bogs that, is, that are around our blinds. It's going to really help us. We used to have our blinds right on the edge and there was cover in front of them. We worked on the blinds, got them in there. A lot of that cover died down. Now is the time where that cover will grow. It's going to take root and we should have it really set. We, uh, we try to work on our stuff early. Every year I tell, I tell our crew, we're gonna get stuff done as soon as we can uh, during the summer and then I always forget to make basically a calendar for everyone. So right now we're gonna work on making sure everyone has their calendar, is set, ready to help, and that we do it early enough so that any cover that's disturbed will be able to recover so that uh, we are set for season. It is almost summer, folks. I am so excited because after that comes fall and hunting season. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Stay tuned for next week's High Flying Adventures as Scarlett is trying to play with me with an orange monster. We'll see you next week, everyone. Take care and God bless. Sporting dog adventures, run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.